Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day -day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. This is the Berkhamsted Spotlight, the podcast showcasing a remarkable community. And today we're stepping into Heatherton to speak to the head teacher there, Nicola Nicole. Now, Nicola's been on an earlier episode of the podcast, but that was not long after she joined the school. So I was very keen to hear how she's getting on and what changes she's gone through herself. But I also ask her about something called Game Changers. She explains all about that. We talk about how the school helps girls there to dream big for the future. And we talk about how to break those stereotypes for girls' career choices. All that's coming up right now. So come with me as we step into Heatherton and speak to the head teacher, Nicola Nicole. Nicola, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm really well, thank you. And I'm just really delighted that spring has finally come. The daffodils are out. It's much warmer and lighter. And it's been great to, to come into Heatherton in the light and feel that sense of spring back in the air. Yeah, great feeling. It's a great time of year and, you know, it's a very positive time of year as well. And it must be a wonderful time of year to be in school. Although I'm saying that, I imagine that every time of year at Heatherton is, is, is a good time to be in school. It is. Now, Nicola, you've been on the podcast before, but when you were first on it, that was back, I mean, it was a while ago, early in mm. the podcast journey. Tell us about a couple of things that that have changed about yourself in your position mm. there at Heatherton, how you're a different person. Because back then, of course, you hadn't been in the school for all that long compared to how long you've been there for now. It's been such an amazing journey. So, so interesting. And we, we were talking just, just before we came, we started recording that I started in September 2020, which, of course, was in the middle of the pandemic. And I started at a school uh, I was in a new area, new school, new role. And the first thing I wanted to do was to get to know everybody. And of course, we were social distancing. We were in bubbles. After the first term, we then went back to remote learning. And I mean, I, I almost don't dare talk about it anymore. It brings back um, sort of slight shivers. But it was a, a really challenging time for everyone. And of course, it meant that it was really difficult to get to know people as quickly as I, I would have liked having lots of meetings online. And you have that thing where you meet someone for the first time and you suddenly realise they're really tall or they're really short and online you've only seen their face. And it was a time where we, we all really began to understand a bit more about how important it is to have that in-person connection mm. and how somehow our senses bring so much more to the conversation. And so when you see someone just in a 2D way, you really miss out on so much communication and feeling that you get to know someone. So I met lots of people online and then maybe a year later, um, you know, maybe meeting them for the first time, it felt like I was almost starting again and just beginning to get to know people from the very beginning. So thank goodness things have completely changed um we're in a an absolutely completely different position now where i feel like i've had a really good run of uh being able to see people in real life having meetings in real life getting to know the parents really well and obviously having all the children and the staff in school for a long time now back to normal 
It's been a long journey, but it, I think we're in a really great place. And, and Heatherton is, is such a happy school. Well, it always strikes me as being a, a, a very happy school, a very happy place. Tell me a little bit about how happy the children are, because the media often likes to talk about, you know, how during the COVID years, the children, young children in particular, they, they, they weren't developing friendships and relationships and it was starting to affect their social skills. How, how do you see the children in school now interacting with each other? They're so joyful. And I think the great privilege about working in a school is is spending time with, with children. They are just joyful and energetic and happy and thriving. And just it's it's a wonderful time in their lives. They're sponges for thirst for knowledge. We, we always talk about at Heatherton that, that the girls literally do run into school they come into school smiling and laughing. I've heard from parents that uh, some some of the girls tick off their holiday time to do a countdown to to when they can come back into school, believe oh, wow. it or not. <laughs> I know, it's really unbelievable, uh, which is amazing. And uh, there is a, there's just a real sense of buzz about Heatherton. It's, it's just a really happy place. You know, not to say that, of course... You know, particularly the younger years, those the children that that had to stay at home where they would normally be interacting with peers. Of course, everybody's you know been affected in different ways uh, to different amounts. But I think we've had enough time back together now, where um, they've had enough time to to redevelop those skills, to to work together, collaborate, to to to, to work out friendships. And so, from what what I see. Um, we're in a really, really good place again. Now, you mentioned about them being sponges and, you know, a lot of that is learning and their own development. And I understand that you've recently taken part in something called Game Changers. Tell us what that's all about. Yes. So over the last year, in fact, I've attended a, a course called The Leader's Voice, which is run by Ginger Communications and it's for women. And it's all about women in leadership positions and finding their voice and their vision and about communication and, and getting that out there. And it's not just um, for educators, it's uh, for women in any sector who are in that in that leadership position and trying to promote women into leadership and encourage and support and to, to work collectively. So we've met online or in person about once a month over the last year. And the, the culmination of, of that course was very recently at the beginning of March, it's called a Game Changers event where a group of us spoke um, for 10 minutes to a room full of, of women from all sectors, all in leadership positions. And we spoke about our, our message and it was a really fascinating, brilliant experience. Tell me about some of the challenges that women face in leadership positions. I mean, so, some of these things we, we hear about, again, in the media, but from your own experience, what, what are some of those challenges that, that you've faced? Well, yeah, I mean, of course, my, my real interest in, in this course and the process was that being a head teacher of an all-girls school, I really want to make sure that we're doing our best for the girls in our, in our care and really think about what affects women, what affects girls and why, why do we have this um, gender inequality in, in leadership across all sectors still today in 2023? So what I spoke about was really questioning that position that we have this gender inequality and um, shared, I shared some of my experiences and, and challenges in, in becoming a head teacher, 
But I think those those experiences are shared by were shared by all of the women in the room. And then I really looked at what can we do about it? So from my perspective in a school, I believe that if we start at the very beginning thinking about the girls in the early years, so before the age of six, where um, neuroscientists say that the optimal time for for change in terms of mindset and behaviour and attitudes is before the age of six. So it's re- clearly really important that we ensure that the girls um, have experiences that build up their their confidence and self-belief and their imagination and their belief that they can dream big and that by visualizing that that pathway ahead that can make it it can make it happen what one of the things i talked about was in terms of how i came to some of those conclusions although they they do seem relatively straightforward i think sometimes it takes a few different experiences to kind of really make that those messages resonate within yourself i've had this year to really reflect back on some of the experiences I had, whether that be being promoted in school for being good at my job and getting a promotion and having male colleagues treat me differently and be very um, unpleasant about that. Oh, really? Gosh. You know, those those sorts of things that I think many women have experienced being a, being a woman in a company and helping people and being kind and that seeing being seen as a weakness and and the stereotype of a leader with lots of male traits and therefore some women have experienced by having stereotypically female traits of being supportive and kind and collaborating and helping others those things can be viewed in a in a in a negative way so i mean i also reflected back on my time in zambia I think I may have mentioned this to you before. Um, my husband grew up in Zambia. And so about 10 years ago, we we went and lived together in, in Zambia for a couple of years. And I got to experience where he'd grown up. And I actually taught in the secondary school that he attended as a teenager. Oh, wow. It was okay. a brilliant experience to get to, to know um, his his community and, and and understand him a bit, a bit better. But um, a, a really strong memory stands out in my uh, my mind where we we lived on a farm and we used to go and wander around local villages of lots of villages that lived near near the farm and they were quite remote and access to schools and clinics um you know it was very difficult they were miles miles and miles away and we met a particular family and um the the mother who was called Mrs Boilia introduced us to her children and she just shared that she was just so, so scared that they were going to have a very, very difficult life. And she shared it was because they hadn't been able to go to school. Um, she'd had to pull her daughters out of school to work um, on the farm where she, where she lived. And her daughters were going to be married off very early uh, and they were going to receive a dowry for that, which was unfortunately a, really essential money for them. But she described them as having em- uh, heads like empty pots. And it, it just really sh- struck a chord with me on that day because we were speaking to the, the children as well, the daughters. And I was sort of asking them, you know, well, what, what would you like to do? You know, what, 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 what do you, what would you, what would be your dream? What would, what would you, you know, imagine that you'd love to do when, you know, when you grow up? And there was nothing. And oh gosh, 
I realized that these girls didn't have any belief or hope or they didn't have the imagination to dream. And it was so striking at that moment, I realized that education is so important because it's not just about the lessons. It's not just about learning maths and English and the, and the, the content of that. It's about all those in-between things as well and, and having hope and belief and faith that things could change and having the imagination to, to dream big and the, and the belief. And those, those elements are all this amazing kind of alchemy that somehow sets you on the right pathway to, to be able to, to make that happen. And so I, I, I really remember that moment really poignantly. And, and so one of the things I want to make sure happens at Heatherton is that from the very beginning, from the early years, we make sure that the girls in our, our care believe and have faith in themselves and in the world around them that they any pathway they choose mm. is open to them wow. and that they can imagine and believe that that can happen without any gender bias or anything else in their way. Amazing. I've literally got goosebumps while, while you're talking about that. Um, t- tell me how that actually looks then, you know, on, on an everyday basis, you know, how do you, how do you encourage them to dream big and to, and to realise those dreams? For example, we, we're really conscious about role modelling and um, we make sure that in all of our resources, so our storybooks and our lessons and our stories that we tell the, the, the class and our teaching and our assemblies and speakers we make sure that we've we've got a really good range of speakers so we've got women lots of women from all different backgrounds and all different um, countries and ethnicities and different careers and different stories and to share that just to show that you can relate to someone and you could imagine that being your yourself or your sister mm. or your mother and to show that there are lots of different journeys into doing lots of different interesting jobs or positions or having interesting lives. Mm. And um, I think that's that's really key. So we make sure that our, our lessons are really balanced in terms of role modeling. And then I think we just have to address, we have to really address that there are gender stereotypes um, and we have to address those and make sure that they understand um, they can be broken down. And I also believe that we can, you know, break some of these things down into their their elements of self-esteem and self-confidence because, you know, we I think it's a, a well-known fact that, that girls and women tend to put a lot of pressure on themselves to be perfect, mm-hmm. to get everything right, you know, to to, to have it all, to, to be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's an incredible pressure and you know to feel that you can't get things wrong and so we really try to instill in the girls here that we all make mistakes that's the absolute right way to learn that's how we learn best you know mm. you you have that dip where you're not sure you can do something then it really feels uncomfortable mm. and then you come out the other side and to to know that that's that's absolutely normal and um that just through practice, through through building confidence, through experiences, through being in front of a crowd, through performing, through speaking in front of people, through trying things out and just building up that inner confidence that makes someone, no matter what happens on the outside, they have that inner 
mm. strength and confidence that that they'll they'll be okay. And one one of the things I wanted to share with the the girls was that actually in my learning journey over the last year, I went to do this. It's you know sort of the the game changers event was a, a talk that was recorded, but in front of an incredible audience of really supportive women, and it felt so different to anything I've I've been in before. The room was just full of lots of women really uh, supporting each other, willing each other to do their best. And there was just this amazing atmosphere that was really remarkable. And although the, the course had been about lots of different things, this was sort of the culmination. So it felt like a big moment, it felt like quite a lot of pressure. And I am that person who puts pressure on myself to to be as best as I can be, to do a good job. And I have that little perfectionism trait as well that I have to kind of keep in, in check. And I went on the stage and I, you know, I was so well prepared and polished and, you know, I knew exactly what I was doing. And the lights came up and the microphone went ding. And I couldn't see any of anyone in the audience. And I literally just had a, a mind blank. Mm. And I had to say, I'm really sorry, can I just take a minute? And I actually walked off the stage to just compose myself. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I started sweating. Yeah. <laughs> and then as I, st I stood to the side and just sort of composed myself, the audience did this massive Mexican wave in support. Oh. And I got back on stage and then I gave my, my talk and... I managed to <laughs> say everything I wanted to say and it managed to come out, although my heart was beating really fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, afterwards, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I really messed up the beginning of that because I went on and sort of just went blank. And, you know, that's sort of almost like your worst fear as a as a public speaker, isn't it? To It's your absolute worst fear to have a mind blank. But in speaking to everybody afterwards, what was so wonderful was... That the audience said, you know, in a way, they almost felt like it could have been planned as a to make the point that it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to take a minute. And, you know, I was talking about girls having courage and audacity and believing in themselves and, and not being worried about making mistakes. And it's okay. And actually, I, by accident, <laughs> I exemplified that because I really lived it because I did exactly what I've been talking about. It's okay to to do that. It's okay to be different. It's okay to not be perfect. Um, but what's important is how you deal with those things because, you know, these challenges come to all of us. But what's important is how you deal with it, you know, dig deep mm. and it's actually okay in the end. Mm. Um, and so I think that's an important message that I can share very personally with um, the girls here at Heatherton. Thank you for that, Nicola. And and it's interesting that you, you mentioned courage there. And in my mind, it takes a lot of courage to actually walk off stage, compose yourself and then walk back on again, because I think a lot of people in that situation wouldn't have done that because it makes it more of an, an obvious thing that's happening. And, and I think a lot of people would have just tried to fudge their way through it, but they wouldn't have done that done that very well at all. But actually to walk off, in my mind, that takes that takes far more courage than staying there on stage. It was a really strange moment. And I and I I was saying to um, the Game Changers community afterwards that 
I think throughout the process, I think in a way, one of my sort of greatest fears has been standing on a stage in front of a huge crowd and, and having a mind blank and not knowing what to say. It's sort of like a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? And so in a weird, strange kind of way, the fact that it has happened, I actually almost feel freer mm. and in an ironic kind of way, it's almost given me a sense of renewed confidence that actually the worst has happened. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> I don't want to tempt fate, but what, what, what else, you know, what could be worse? I'm sure <laughs> I shouldn't say that because there are lots of things that could be worse. But, um, you know, it's in a weird way, once you've been through something and, and you realise that, you know, the sun still comes up the next day and I got back on and, and had another go and, and actually went down very well. And, so many people gave me such lovely feedback and said that actually the message was really powerful and that by showing that human vulnerable side, um, they understood my message more and, and more deeply. And actually, I think people were willing me on even more, having had a bit of a false start. And so um, I think one of the things I learned from that experience was that leadership is is supposed to be a service and it's so easy to get distracted by your ego and thinking that this is about yourself and that this is you know how am i doing how am i presenting what do people think of me and this was a great reminder to me and a great um genuine deep lesson that it really isn't about me and i mustn't worry about my performance quote unquote and being perfect it's really about the action and the consequences and the change that we can make and that by being imperfect and that by being vulnerable and getting my message across I actually achieved what I wanted to as a leader in that moment which was getting that message across to a big group of people in different sectors and trying to make some some change in thought thought provoking sort of action and that's that's the key thing that's what it's all about it's about um being a servant leader rather than a ego-driven leader i love that and i'm just wishing that that message could be carried into downing street and other places in uh, along whitehall but let's not get too political now one last question talk to me a little bit about stereotypes for girls and their career choices H how do we encourage girls to to make the best use of their skills for them to do what they want to do I think just breaking breaking down through role modeling and showing examples and um, giving girls the courage and confidence and self-belief that they should follow their passions. So we, we Heatherton, we really encourage the girls to find what they're interested in, go for it. And when we look back in history, women have been doing this for centuries, but it's society and um, views, other people's views that have stopped them. So I was I was reading about um, the, the first female pilot, um, I think it was Raymond Laroche, who she received a pilot's license in 1910. Gosh. And, um, you know, we all think about Amelia Earhart. Mm. But women have been, you know, playing football, being pilots, being scientists, working for NASA for, for so long. But the the... The view of society has been that that this isn't um, the the right pathway for women, and so I think we just need to encourage girls to follow their dreams, 
to believe that they can, can can do that. And then as a society, we need to support that gender diversity because one of the things I, I mentioned in my talk is it's 2023 and all of the evidence from all the research shows that the most diverse uh, leadership teams are the most successful, whether you're talking about money, whether you're talking about effect, whether you're talking about any kind of measure of success, mm. any kind of key performance indicator, the more diversity you have in your leadership teams, the more successful uh, you, you will be. So there's every single argument says we need to have, a you know, really diverse teams have different ways of thinking, different creativity, different perspective, different levels of energy and uh, skills and personality. And when you've got that kind of diversity, then you can creatively and innovatively look at any problem and find find a solution, the best solution for going forward, not just one view, one perspective, one one type of thinking. Well, certainly the future is looking brighter for well, for girls and all of that starts at school and really that starts at prep school. So uh, Nicola, thank you for being here and talking to us today about life at Heatherton, but in, in particular talking about you and your position there at school and about the change that you're, you're making and the change that you're having on these girls at Heatherton. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks very much, Simon. It's so that was Nicola Nicole, head teacher at Heatherton. What a great person to speak to. I really enjoyed that episode. Nicola, thank you for your time. I appreciate you being here and I'm sure the listeners do too. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.